0: Section 12 of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio, InterfaceAudio.com. Geomorphology of the Southern Appalachians, Part 2, Diversion by charles willard hayes and marius r campbell diversion of the appalachian river it is stated above that the drainage of the appalachian valley was southwestward from the new kanawh basin to the sea margin until the close of the tertiary base levelling period since the date of diversion of this drainage is an extremely important point in the history of the region and since the above statement is liable to be questioned the grounds on which it is based will be given in some detail the evidence is derived from one the perfectly base level divide between the tennessee and coosa river basins two a comparison of the volume of material eroded from the appalachian valley with that of the tertiary sediments in central alabama and three the immaturity of the tennessee gorge through the plateau below chattanooga Evidence from the Coosa, Tennessee divide. As already stated, a peneplain extending from the Cumberland Plateau on the northwest to the great Smoky Mountains on the southeast stretches from the head of the Holston and Clinch rivers to the edge of the tertiary sediments in central Alabama. This peneplain is well shown in the photograph of the relief map of this region, reproduced as plate four it is as perfectly developed across the coosa tennessee divide as elsewhere and shows no perceptible variation in the two basins except the gradual southward descent shown in plate six and due to subsequent differential elevation it extends across the appalachian valley from pigeon mountain to the base of the Cahuta mountains a distance of forty miles interrupted only by the valley ridges of hard sandstone or by low knobs of silicious nox dolomite since the peneplain is developed only on soft rocks it is possible that the divides might have been cut down to their present altitudes by backward erosion of headwaters while the streams occupy their present courses but while the altitude of the divides is not conclusive evidence that the main streams have flowed across them the breadth of the valley upon the divide materially strengthens the evidence by the backward cutting of streams at their headwaters a characteristic dendritic inosculating drainage is developed and it seems improbable that the divides should have been maintained in their present position throughout the tertiary cycle without producing this characteristic surface which is conspicuously absent it should be remarked that while the writers formerly regarded the character of the divides between these drainage basins as conclusive evidence that large streams flowed across them until the close of the tertiary period of base levelling they have recently found reasons for modifying this conclusion a study of the divides between drainage basins throughout the appalachian valley from pennsylvania southward shows that most of them are quite perfectly reduced to the altitude of the tertiary peneplain in adjacent basins although not generally so broadly cut as the one in question there is no reason so far as known for supposing that the divides between the potomac and james or the james and roanoke basins have shifted during the tertiary cycle yet they are nearly as inconspicuous as those between the tennessee and coosa on the other hand, the divide between the New and Holston basins has the form of a narrow call, such as would be expected to characterize all long maintained divides. Evidence from the volume of material eroded and deposited. The second line of evidence bearing on the date at which the Appalachian drainage was diverted to its present westward course is derived from a comparison of the volumes of tertiary erosion and tertiary sediments it is comparatively easy to compute the volume of the material removed by the rivers during the tertiary cycle when the vertical distance between the previously existing peneplain and the one developed during the tertiary cycle is known together with their lateral extent also a tolerably safe estimate may be made of the volume of sediments deposited by each of the rivers during the tertiary cycle if the drainage during the whole of the cycle was essentially as it is at present then the volume of sediments which would naturally be deposited by the present streams and the volume of the material eroded by those streams would show a practical agreement the formations laid down during the tertiary cycle are regarded as including one the ripley sands and sandy clays overlying the rotten limestone and marking the uplift which terminated the preceding cycle. 2. Lignitic. 3. Burstone. 4. Clairborne. 5. White limestone, a series decreasing in coarseness and increasing in amount of calcareous matter contained. The sediments brought down by a tertiary stream, corresponding in location to the present Alabama River, were spread over the adjacent sea bottom mingling on the east with the sediments brought down by the chattahoochee and on the west with those brought down by the tombigbee it is probable that more sediment was brought down by the alabama than by the streams on either side since it occupies the axis of uplift where the greatest erosion took place hence if a line be drawn midway between the alabama and chattahoochee on the east and between the alabama and tombigbee on the west the area included would certainly not be wider than the deposition area of the axial river. The area included by these lines and by the limits of the Ripley and White limestone formations is about 6,500 square miles. The thickness of the sediments in this area down to the bottom of the Ripley varies from zero at the northern edge to nineteen hundred feet at the southern edge, and their volume is about 1,170 cubic miles but these formations extend under the covering of later deposits thinning out seaward and while it is impossible to determine their extent or thickness in that direction it seems a conservative estimate to regard the volume of the sediments in the seaward extension of the formations as equal to that of the actual outcrops this estimate would make the volume of the sediments which may be attributed to the stream whose lower course occupied the present position of alabama river during the tertiary cycle about two thousand three hundred and forty cubic miles turning now to the volume of material eroded from the cretaceous peneplain during the tertiary cycle by the alabama and its tributaries the basis for an estimate is somewhat better than in the case of the sediments the greater part of the erosion has been in the valley of the coosa and comparatively little in that of the Tallapoosa. first because the vertical distance between the base levels is greater in the former than the latter river basin and second because the rocks are softer and hence have been more perfectly reduced throughout most of the coosa basin the two peneplains are sufficiently well preserved so that a definite estimate can be made of the material removed during the tertiary cycle the amount of elevation and distortion which the cretaceous peneplain suffered at the close of the cretaceous cycle may be determined from a comparison of plates five and six it varies from nine hundred or one thousand feet at the tennessee georgia line to zero where the two planes coincide in southern alabama a careful estimate shows that the volume of material removed by the alabama and all its tributaries during the tertiary cycle is about six hundred and twenty-two cubic miles the great disparity between this and the volume of sediments laid down during this cycle by a river occupying the position of the alabama leads us to seek further for the source of the great mass of material manifestly this source is in the appalachian valley north of the coosa basin and at present drained by the tennessee toward the northwest the volume of material removed from the tennessee basin above chattanooga during the tertiary cycle combined with that removed from the alabama basin is about 2500 cubic miles comparing this with the two thousand three hundred and forty cubic miles of sediments deposited during the tertiary cycle by the alabama river the agreement is so close that the conclusion seems to be inevitable that the drainage of the appalachian valley was southward until near the end of the tertiary cycle evidence from the character of the gorge below chattanooga a third line of evidence bearing on the date at which the appalachian drainage was diverted to its present westward course is derived from an examination of the tennessee gorge below chattanooga and a comparison of this gorge with other portions of the tennessee valley formed under analogous conditions the winding course of the tennessee river through walden plateau has been considered as evidence that this portion of its course was determined during a period of base leveling when the present summit of the plateau stood near sea level that with subsequent uplift the river continued to flow in its sinuous course acquired under base level conditions cutting its present gorge below the surface of the old peneplain if this explanation of its winding course is correct it follows either that the tennessee is here flowing in an antecedent course or that it was diverted some time before the close of the cretaceous cycle but this conclusion is at variance with that reached by the two lines of evidence given above as well as by a consideration of the gorge itself the character of the gorge is shown on plate four its sides are extremely steep from the cliffs at the plateau summit to the water's edge in most places there is scarcely room for a wagon road between the abrupt slope and the river and only a few narrow strips of floodplain occur throughout its entire length on the hypothesis of diversion in the cretaceous cycle the river has occupied this narrow gorge throughout the entire period during which the enormous erosion of the appalachian valley was accomplished that a peneplain should have been developed from twenty to forty miles in breadth and from central virginia to northern georgia by the same river in the same time that the insignificant strips of floodplain in the gorge were being cut is quite improbable it is true the conditions of erosion in the two cases were not the same the tertiary peneplain in the appalachian valley is developed only on areas of soft rocks which are generally steeply inclined but even allowing the greatest possible weight to the different conditions of erosion the discrepancy in amount of erosion requires some further explanation if the time were the same in both cases while a direct comparison cannot be made between the walden gorge and the upper tennessee valley on account of difference in conditions such a comparison can be made between the gorge and a valley in northern alabama extending from scottsboro southwestward to the mouth of flint river a portion of it is shown on plate four it is nowhere less than six miles broad and its floor is very regular forming a portion of the tertiary peneplain the age of this valley is easily determined it is carved in the cretaceous peneplain therefore it is more recent than the cretaceous it is continuous with the tertiary peneplain and hence was completed at the close of the tertiary base levelling period and at the close of that period it was deserted by the stream which carved it the conditions under which this valley was cut are practically the same as those now prevailing in the gorge through walden plateau in both cases the rocks are nearly horizontal heavy sandstones capping the plateau with easily erodible carboniferous limestones beneath such conditions are highly favourable for rapid corrosion of a river channel the sandstone cap is undermined and its debris rolls down and forms a talus on the lower slopes the rate at which the cliffs recede depends largely on the rate at which the sandstone talus is removed from the slopes and the limestone is exposed to erosion no conditions could be more favourable for this rapid removal of protecting debris than those now present in the walden gorge where the base of the slope is washed by a stream competent to remove all talus from the cliffs above the coarsest as well as the finest certainly the conditions in the gorge are fully as favorable as they were in the valley west of scottsboro when that was being cut and the stream which flowed in that valley was probably smaller than the present tennessee therefore if under the same conditions a smaller stream than the present tennessee could cut so broad a valley as it did in northern alabama during the tertiary cycle the conclusion seems inevitable that the present gorge through walden plateau has been occupied a very much shorter time and hence the appalachian drainage was not diverted to its present westward course till after a part or the whole of the tertiary cycle the explanation of the manner in which the writers believe the present winding course of the tennessee through the plateau was acquired will be given in describing the process by which the diversion was accomplished conditions immediately preceding the diversion during the rapid elevation which inaugurated the tertiary cycle and the much slower uplift which occurred near the close of the base levelling period the land area was enlarged by the addition of successive narrow belts of newly emerged sediments in most cases the streams pushed their way across these belts by the shortest line to tidewater the stream draining the Sequatchie anticline flowed westward through the plateau of northern alabama by the broad valley already described from the mouth of flint river its course coincided with that of the present tennessee to the mississippi line from this point it flowed southwestward to the mississippi embayment very nearly in the present position of black river crossing the cretaceous sediments as they were exposed at the close of the cretaceous cycle and the successive belts of tertiary sediments as they slowly emerged during the latter part of the tertiary cycle the tertiary cycle was marked near its close by a depression which effectually stopped the base leveling process this depression was not uniform but like the preceding elevation was accompanied by warping of the surface as indicated by the contemporaneous sedimentation the depression was very slight at the present gulf coast twenty five feet more or less at mobile increasing northwestward to six hundred and fifty feet or more on the memphis charleston axis northward from this axis the depression decreased passing into a pronounced uplift in the northern portion of the province in other words the southern portion of the province was tilted northward decreasing its seaward gradient while a portion at least of the interior was tilted southward increasing its slope there was also some warping on the lateral axis so that the depression on ab was less in the appalachian valley than on either side as the first result of this depression the sea which had retreated beyond the present gulf coast during the tertiary advanced past the inner limits of tertiary and cretaceous sediments while the mississippi embayment became a broad shallow gulf and a portion of the Sequatchie valley a narrow tidal estuary during this depression the lafayette formation was deposited the previously base leveled streams by the warping of the land were accelerated in the interior and brought down vast quantities of detrital material which had accumulated during a long period of subaerial rock decay this was spread out mantle-wise over the submerged border of the province and along the lower courses of the streams where their currents were checked these gravels are found on the remnants of the tertiary peneplain about chattanooga 250 feet above the present river they are also found on the tertiary peneplain in Sequatchie valley 150 feet above the river but so far as known they are entirely absent from the divide between the tennessee and coosa rivers these gravels have the same character on both sides of walden plateau being composed of quartzite and vein quartz of which the latter at least have been brought from far to the eastward therefore it appears certain that the appalachian drainage was diverted from the present tennessee-coosa divide westward to its present course through the walden gorge very early in the period of lafayette depression following this period of depression came one of uplift when the streams of the province were stimulated to renewed activity and began cutting the present river channels that the appalachian drainage was diverted to its present course before this uplift is quite certain for no channels are cut in the tertiary peneplain across the coosa tennessee divide manner in which the diversion was accomplished having fixed its date in geologic time with a fair degree of certainty the process by which the diversion was effected may now be described in detail the conditions which prevailed in the region between chattanooga and Sequatchie valley during the tertiary cycle have been already described with the uplift at the beginning of that cycle the main southward flowing streams rapidly sank their channels on the soft limestone while their tributaries began an active contest for the intervening territory the axial uplift on the line op determined the location of the divide between the contending streams and held it stationary for a long time neutralizing the advantage which local conditions would have given one or the other system and preventing consequent encroachment figure two represents a restoration of the drainage as it probably existed when the tertiary cycle was well advanced the present course of the tennessee river is represented by broken lines and the present relief by dotted contours a rather large tributary m M-M, m joined the Sequatchie, where that river now joins the tennessee it had numerous branches on the east heading against the divide along the axis o p flowing into the clinch appalachian river on the east the principal stream was ll with the branches f g h and k also heading against the divide op at the points a and b streams were cutting backward toward the same part of the divide from opposite directions and as the process continued the heavy sandstone capping the plateau was removed and deep culls formed on the limestone under such conditions the divides may have been cut very low at these points without appreciable shifting that the call at a was reduced nearly to its present altitude by erosion during the tertiary cycle appears from a comparison of the amount of cutting which has since taken place in the most favored localities along the rivers and in the least favored localities on the divides in the former the post tertiary erosion has been from one hundred and fifty to three hundred feet and one hundred feet seems a liberal estimate of the erosion in the same period upon the divides but one hundred feet added to the present altitude of the col at a would still leave the divide in soft shale or limestone since the divide at b is the one through which the contending streams finally forced a passage it is not unreasonable to suppose that it offered some advantage which the divide at a did not possess this was doubtless its altitude which was in all probability considerably less than that of the divide at a at the same time the divides c and h between the streams g h and k had been similarly reduced although the streams belonged to a single drainage basin on the above hypothesis it appears that the conditions were quite favorable for diversion of drainage since the heavy conglomerate had been removed not alone from the main divide at b but also from a series of connecting channels occupied by the streams g h and k a careful study of the tertiary peneplain in this region shows it to be higher on the eastern than on the western side of walden plateau in the vicinity of chattanooga its altitude is nearly nine hundred feet while in Sequatchie valley it is somewhat less than eight hundred feet hence there appears to be a difference of at least one hundred feet in the altitude of these two neighboring peneplains formed during the same period of base leveling a corresponding difference in the altitude of the lafayette gravels was noted above the probable explanation of this difference in altitude is found in the fact that the Sequatchie river had during the tertiary cycle a more direct outlet to the sea than the appalachian river and also was flowing on softer and more homogeneous rocks hence its valley was more perfectly base leveled and indeed it seems probable that under the exceptionally favorable conditions there prevailing the Sequatchie river may have reduced its gradient southward from the tennessee line almost to zero if the Appalachian River on the opposite side of Walden Plateau were 100 feet higher than the Sequatchie, it would have a descent of 100 feet in about 400 miles, or a fall of 3 inches per mile. Considering the nature of the rocks over which it was flowing, this rate would seem quite consistent with the formation of an extensive peneplain. This difference in altitude of the drainage on opposite sides of Walden Plateau give the streams flowing westward a very decided advantage over those flowing eastward so long as the uplift continued on line op this advantage was not sufficient to push the divide eastward beyond that line before the close of the tertiary base leveling however this uplift probably ceased and the westward streams then began a career of conquest which resulted in changing the course of the entire drainage of the eastern tennessee the process by which this conquest was accomplished is probably somewhat as follows the advantage which the westward drainage possessed by reason of its more rapid descent enabled the stream n to push the divide from b to c capturing a portion of the drainage area of the eastward flowing stream g the contest was thus transferred to the divides c and e the large volume of water coming from the plateau northward apparently determined the location of most rapid cutting at e for while the divide c was pushed back only a short distance to its present position at d the stream ef was reversed and the headwaters of h diverted westward f and h thus becoming the actively contested divides as in the previous case cutting was most rapid at h while the divide f was pushed back to its present position at g the branch h i was reversed and the headwaters of k diverted to the westward drainage how far this process had gone before the end of the tertiary base leveling it is impossible to say but it was probably well under way the warping which accompanied the lafayette depression gave the westward streams a still further advantage and early in that depression the divide i was pushed eastward reversing the flow first of the stream k and then l to the junction of the latter with the clinch appalachian river although the latter was a comparatively large river the advantages possessed by the westward stream were sufficient to overbalance the advantage of size and the clinch appalachian river was captured and led off westward through the newly cut gorge the capture of the western fork of the appalachian river was probably followed shortly after by that of the eastern fork this was accomplished by a tributary of the former working backward from kingston to loudon thus the drainage of the appalachian valley assumed practically the form which it has to-day as indicated in the above discussion of drainage adjustment the present writers have reached the conclusion that an extremely important factor in the process is the slow and gentle warping of the surface which has accompanied every epirogenic movement of which there is any record we believe this factor is only less important than the great structural features of a region and in some cases of which the tennessee is a notable example the structure of the region has played a secondary part in determining the drainage courses this gentle warping of the surface has hitherto been recognized only in a general way and few attempts have been made to locate axis consequently the manner in which it influences drainage has not yet been discussed the writers have in preparation a paper in which an attempt will be made to formulate the laws of this action and to show much more fully than the limits of the present paper will permit, to what extent it has determined the courses of the Appalachian streams. End of section twelve of the National Geographic Magazine, Volume six. Recording by Lawrence Trask, Mount Vernon, Ohio, interfaceaudio.com.